Good morning and good morning. Good morning, Lighties, and good morning to some of you listening to me outside the family of Lighthouse. It's always a, a blessing, a pleasure to be speaking to you. Uh, the topic for today is when you have had enough. In other words, when you are tired of something and you just want to, you know, you just want to let, let go. Um, I want to read from the book of Romans, uh, chapter 8, verse 28 to 30. And then I will explain the context in which we uh, speak about when you have had enough. Praise God. So Romans chapter 8, verse 28 to 30, the Bible says the following. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. Verse 30, and those he predestined, he also called, those he called, he also justified, those he justified, he also glorified. Now these are powerful words from the book of Romans 28 to 30. But I want to focus on just a few words. Not that the others are not important, but just for the, for the sake of the topic that we are dealing with today. And the words that I would like to look at uh, this morning are words like purpose. Uh, you have been called. Uh, the foreknowledge, the foreknowledge of God. In other words, God knowing or foreseeing something uh, in advance, even before uh, it comes into existence. Praise God. So the Bible in Romans makes it clear to us that or it, it, it defines our lives within uh, the understanding of God that you and me have been created for a reason and a purpose and that we have been called by God. And that we have a purpose according to God. Because sometimes it's easy to define our lives through the lenses of the way we see things or where we live. Or through the lenses of the people that we hang around with. Uh, but there's a, there's, a, there, there's a purpose for your life. And that purpose is located uh, in the way that God created you. Uh, and the fact that God foresaw or he he if for new if i may use if there's anything like that in other words god foresaw my life even before uh i existed in other words god was intentional if you look at scriptures like psalms uh, 139 uh, the bible makes it very clear that god was very intentional uh, when he was creating us so he just didn't take something and uh you know and and and, and just create you know willy-nilly the Bible says God took time, he knitted us, and the Bible gives us uh, details of how God created us. In other words, God had intentions for your life and for my life. <clears throat> Praise God. If you also look at the book of Jeremiah, when God was speaking to Jeremiah, when he was calling Jeremiah, uh, Jeremiah was trying to give excuses to God. And God said to Jeremiah, remember, I formed you. So I know you better than you know yourself. Because Jeremiah was saying, I'm just a child. I can't talk. And God said, no, 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 no. I know you because I formed you. Praise God. So this morning, I want to assume that as you listen to me this morning, 
you are saving God. The other thing that I need to say is this. So we'll be looking at the life of Elijah. And if you look at the, the life of Elijah, Elijah was called as a prophet of God. But that is about Elijah. Now, when we speak about God's purpose for our lives, we speak about God's calling. It's again very easy to reduce the calling of God uh, to preaching on a Sunday, uh, to standing behind the pulpit and holding the microphone. But the calling of God and the purpose of God for our lives is, 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 is bigger than that. Because not all of us are going to be the islands of this world that stand before people behind the microphone, behind the pulpit, and preach the word and, and teach the word. But all of us have been called by God. And God has put abilities, God has put skills, aptitudes in our lives that we can use to save him. And we can use to save his creation. And that's what I'm, so I'm talking about, the bigger picture. And I want to assume that you listening to me this morning, you are serving God in your space, in the way that you know God has called you to save him. Praise God. So the topic for today is then to encourage us because sometimes we can get tired on the way. Sometimes serving God can become so tiresome. Sometimes serving God can lose meaning for many reasons. And as we will see from scripture, looking at the life of Elijah, the circumstances might be different, but we sometimes can get tired. We sometimes can get discouraged and just say, you know what, I've had enough. I'm not doing anything. Uh, I'm not going to go to church or I will go to church, but I'm not doing nothing because I am just tired. I have had enough. Praise God. So before we look in details at the life of Elijah, I just want to begin uh, because of time. I want to see if I can capture your mind and if we can try to locate something. So I want to start from uh, from First uh, Kings chapter 17. And just to look at some of the experiences that Elijah had in ministry as a prophet of God. How he experienced God, how God used him, the miracles that he saw God performing, and the miracles that he saw God performing through his ministry. So quickly... I want to look at First uh, Kings chapter 17, verse 1. And that's the first highlight. And the Bible says, Now Elijah the Tishbite from Tishbe in Jared said to her, As the Lord, the God of Israel, lives, whom I save, there will be neither dew nor rain in the next few years except at my word. So this is Elijah saying there will be drought. There will be no dew. There will be no rain. For a certain period and at his word the bible says it was so praise god and i want you to think if a prophet today could stand and say there will be no rain for three years or for four years and it is so everyone will stand and say wow this is the prophet of god so elijah experienced that in his ministry the second highlight that i would like us to look at is from the book of uh First Kings 17, verse 5 to 6. And the Bible says the following. So he did what the Lord had told him. He went to the Kareth Ravine, east of, east of the Jordan, and stayed there. The ravines brought him bread and meat in the morning, and bread and meat in the evening, and he drank from the brook. So here, Elijah sees a miracle, God providing 
through the ravens. God is providing through the birds. They bring meat, they bring uh, bread, and he eats. And then the Bible says God provided water for him. That's another miracle. So God, Elijah is seeing God at work in his life. And in 1 Kings chapter 17, verse 14 to 16, the Bible gives us, gives us another highlight. It says, for this is what for this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, the jar of flour will not be used up and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the land. She went away and did as Elijah had told her. So there was food every day for Elijah and for the woman and the family. Verse 16, for the jar of flour was not used up and the jug of oil did not run dry. In keeping with the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah. So this is again God providing to Elijah through a widow that are just little oil and little flour. And in fact, God is providing for Elijah, but at the same time, God is providing for the woman. So you would call it a miracle of multiplication. Uh, so Elijah's needs are met, and the widow's uh, needs and the family are also met. And that's another miracle. And in 1 Kings chapter 17, 22-24, the Bible gives us another highlight about the ministry of Elijah. And it says the following. The Lord heard Elijah's cry, and the boy's life returned to him, and he lived. So this is a miracle of a boy that was dead. And verse 23, Elijah picked up the child and carried him down from the room. So the child is dead. The mother puts him in the room on the bed and is lying down. And Elijah goes there and he carried him and he brings him down from the room into the house. He gave him to his mother and said, look, your son is alive. In fact, so the, the child is dead and then Elijah prays for him. Uh, if, you, if, you, if, you, if you read the, the scripture, you get all the details and the juicy, uh, I mean the juicy details. So to cut the story short, Elijah prays for this boy and this boy comes to life. Verse, uh, verse 24, the Bible says, Then the woman said to Elijah, Now I know that you are a man of God and that the word of the Lord from your mouth is the truth. Praise God. In verse, uh, in 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 25 to 26, the Bible gives us another highlight. Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, Choose one of the bulls and prepare it first. Since there are so many of you, call on the name of your God, but do not light the fire. So they took the bull given them and prepared it. Then they called on the name of Baal from morning till noon. Baal answer us, they shouted, but there was no response. No one answered. And they danced around the altar they had made. When all the people saw, so to cut the story short again, so Elijah challenges the false prophets and he says, let's prepare the altar and let's put the bull there and let's pray. Let's see if your God will bring fire from heaven and consume the sacrifice. Cut the story short. The Bible said they prayed and prayed. They were cutting themselves and nothing happened. And in verse 39, the Bible says when all the, in fact, verse 39 is the conclusion because there is a place where now Elijah 
uh, prepares the altar and he puts water and he prays, fire comes from heaven, consumes the sacrifice and sucks the water because that put water and then the miracle is done. And verse 39, the Bible says, when all the people saw this, they fell prostrate and cried, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. Verse 40, then Elijah commanded them, seize the prophets of Baal. Don't let anyone get away. They seized them and Elijah had them brought down to the Kishon Valley and slaughtered there. So Elijah slaughtered the false prophets. Just prayed down at the fire from heaven, consumed the sacrifice, sacked the water, and then seized the false prophets and slaughtered them. Now this is where the message is for today. Now in First Kings chapter 19, now Hab told Jezebel, Hab is telling Jezebel what Elijah had just done. The false prophets are dead, have been slaughtered by Elijah. The people have acknowledged God, and then the report comes to Jezebel. Now Hab told Jezebel everything Elijah had done and how he had killed all the, the prophets with the sword. Now I want you to imagine there's a prophet in the land, in the city, and you look at all the highlights that you have looked at. The faith, the last one being that he challenged all the false prophets. And because it was proved that they are false prophets, they were slaughtered. And this same man of God or the prophet prays fire from heaven, comes, consumes the sacrifice, sucks the water, the people acknowledges God. I want you to imagine what would happen in the city. I want to guarantee you that there will be a revival, that this man of God will be on demand to preach in the stadiums, to preach in the conferences. But with Elijah, it was different because when Jezebel received the message, in fact, one would have expected that Jezebel herself would acknowledge the God of Israel, the God of Elijah, to say, now I've seen it all. Your God is the true living God. But that's not what happened. So in verse 2, this is what Jezebel said. So Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah to say, May the gods deal with me, be it ever so severely, if by this time tomorrow I do not make your life like that one, like that of one of them. In other words, Jezebel is issuing a threat. She's saying, you slaughtered the prophets. I'm giving you 24 hours. Your life would just be like them. In other words, you'll be slaughtered. Verse 3, Elijah was afraid and reigned for his life. When he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there. While he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness. He came to a broom bush, sat down under it and prayed that he might die. I have had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I'm no longer better than my ancestors. So here, Elijah is now running for his life and he's confused. I'm sure he's now asking himself after all these miracles, especially the last one, this woman wants to kill me and he loses it. And the Bible says, according to what we read in scripture, it says, I've had enough. In other words, it's telling God that I've nothing more to give. Take my life. I'm useless. 
Right there, Elijah is discouraged. And the only thing that he sees is death. He says, let me die. Just take my life. I've had enough, Lord. He said, take my life. I'm no longer better than any ancestors. And self-condemnation comes in. You know, he begins to compare himself with the ancestors. And according to the context, you would see that probably his ancestors, it's either they saved idols, they didn't save God, or they didn't do well. And Elijah puts himself in their shoes and he says, I'm not better than them. I'm not different from them. Self-condemnation. Friends, sometimes in saving God, sometimes we do so much. You preach to uh, the lost. You feed the poor. Uh, you do the best that you know how to save God. And sometimes when you expect uh, to be appreciated or sometimes you expect uh, a revival, you expect change, you minister to the drug addicts and you expect people to change, you expect people to come to church and what you see is like sin is just multiplying. And sometimes, friends, it can be tiring. You can get to a place where you say, you say, you know what, it's like this thing is not working. I'm tired. I just want to live it. I'm trying to be the best that I can to save in church, to do my best, to, to save in the hospitality team or to, to do whatever that you do to save God. And it's like, it's like no one sees me. No one says thank you. It's like I can't see the difference. God, I have had enough and you just want to give up. Then he lay down under the bush and fell asleep. He's tired, exhausted. He's getting into a depression. All at once, an angel touched him and said, Get up and eat. He looked around, and there by his head was some bread baked over hot coals and a jar of water. He ate and drank and then lay down. The angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, Get up and eat for, for the journey is too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank, strengthened by the, that food. He traveled 40 days and 40 nights until he reached uh, Horeb, the mountain of God. There he went into a cave and spent a night. In closing, I want to say this, friend. So God did not come to Elijah and say, you are faithless, a faithless servant. Uh, look at the miracles that I've done through you. The miracles that you have, you have seen in your life. And here you say, I just want to die. No, the Bible says God sent the angels. The angels came, ministered to him. They provided for his physical needs. Because he was so exist, exhausted, the Bible says he slept again. The angel again came, touched his lips, fed him. And, the, and, and, and God said to him, the journey is still too long. In other words, God is saying, you still have a lot to give. Don't get tired. So friends, sometimes it can be us. Sometimes it can be the people that we know. They're discouraged. They're tired. And sometimes we make a mistake because all we want to do is we want to preach to them. Sometimes they don't need you to preach to them and seal that deal. Sometimes we preach to the lost and all we want to do is to seal the deal. But sometimes God just wants us to be there for people. Listen and minister to them. Sometimes God might want us to minister to their physical needs. Just to be there. God just listened. Elijah vented. And as you continue reading the scripture, God revealed himself to Elijah. 
and he put things into perspective. There was a new sense of purpose. And Elijah was commissioned again. You read the scriptures, you find out that the same Elijah actually uh, anointed Elisha. Because as God said, there was still a lot for him to do. Friends, there is still a lot for you to do. You still have a lot to give. God still has a lot for you to do in his kingdom. And as I preach to you, I want to say, may you sense the presence of the Holy Spirit and may God minister to you and have a blessed week and God bless you.